Hello, everybody. We're back with another lockdown podcast. Hi from the local web. <laughs> or the Lo- worldwide web. I don't the know. worldwide web. Yeah, it depends how many people listen to us. Eight. Hello, yeah, all eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're back again. Uh, another lockdown, a bunch of questions and the current WWE product to kind of keep us busy. Something to do. Yeah, just kind of unfortunately start on a negative note as of deaths. There's one big one. Yeah, obviously, yeah. There's uh, Shad Gaspard, who was from Kronheim. Um, 39 years old, died drowning, uh, but he did... Silver lining, he died a hero. He saved his, yeah, he saved his son. Yeah, he said to the lifeguard, save my son first. Which they did, but he got carried away in the tide and they, they think his body washed up two days later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very horrible thing to happen. Um, it, you know, I, I, it, it would have been one thing for it to be the coronavirus Um or a suicide. It, it, either way, it's still a tragic event. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything that's not dying in your sleep is awful. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, any death's awful, but you, you, everyone, you want everyone to die naturally. Yeah, you want to die at eighty-nine in your bed while you're asleep. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what everyone uh, wants. A, a mutual friend of ours had a great idea because obviously they postponed the Hall of Fame. Until this is all sorted, but they have announced the the class. Uh, he said, "I think Shad Gaspar should get the Warrior Award." Hundred percent, hundred percent. I've seen that going around on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that's what the Warrior Award stands for. Yeah, and yeah, he's formative WWE superstar. He deserves to be recognised for his heroic actions as well as his career. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, uh, this is for him then. Yeah, so usual guys, like, subscribe, you find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Music, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And I'm starting with the questions, aren't I? Yes, we'll start off with Mr. Miss. Right, okay, so question one to you is, I've been watching The Last Ride, as I'm assumed that you are as well. Uh, so I've watched yeah. the first two. Uh, really enjoying it, it's actually quite a good documentary. Um, seeing a softer side of Vince, although still, it's still don't like him. Um mm. Yeah, now, given what happened at the end of the second one, or the end of the first one, I can't remember what it was, um, whose fault do you think it is that Taker is still doing this? Do you think it's Vince, or do you think it's Taker? Because after watching this, I've got a bit of a change of, of heart. It's, it's, well, it's interesting you bring up this question, because I nearly asked a similar one. Right. I not to. Um... But, well, for the record, yes, I'm loving the Last Ride documentary series at the minute, but I would, because I'm an Undertaker Mark all the way. No, <laughs> Mark! <laughs> Mark. Um, all right, I will say this. I, the bit where they ask Vince, um, what does the Undertaker mean to you and the WWE? And he teared up and he couldn't answer. I really, really want to believe that's 100% emotion. Yeah, I know, right? But it's just, there's always something in the back of your head when you're thinking of Vince, like, eh. There's two words that just keep going through my head every now and then, just in the back of my head saying, crocodile tears. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I really want to believe it's not because of the amount of time they spent together and, and everything Tate has done for him. You know, I think they do have a great relationship. As far as whose fault it is, I think it's both. You honestly. think it's both? 
I, I think, unfortunately, more tapers, though, because I, I think I said from the first episode on Facebook, uh, it's emotional, it's understanding, but it's also concerning. I get what he wants to do. Yeah. I get pride is a powerful thing and he wants to go out on a great note. Yeah. But sometimes you have to accept your injuries, yeah. your aid, your time. And, you know, the fans would rather see you, you know, walking well and, you know, in relatively good health when you're inducted to the Hall of Fame, not in a wheelchair or dead. Yeah. So um, so you're kind of in the same boat as me then. It's like, it is, it is kind of both, but it is leaning towards Taker more. Because originally I thought it's going to be Vince. He's just going to keep chucking money at him until he can't say no. And then at the end of the episode, I think it might have been the first one, as soon as he watched back the match between him and Reigns... As soon as I saw it, I went, it's you. It's you. Yeah. As soon as you see something you don't like, you go, I've got to go again. I can't I can't not do it. And it's just, I think to myself, how long is this going to go on for? Because since you've been back, you've had two really shit matches. One of them being that that uh, tra- tag match in Saudi Arabia. And then the other one in Saudi Arabia against Goldberg. It's like, if he was thinking this Reigns match was bad, what the hell was he thinking when he saw Goldberg back? He must have been going, oh my God. Which is probably why he signed for another massive contract this week. This is the uh, episode three, isn't it? They did the next time, and uh, I think Triple H even said, like, oh, it was a clusterfuck. It really was. So, um, I think, again, uh, they're never going to... Vince would never um, allow something on the network that would badmouth him too much. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a proud man, but he's also, you know, he, he knows he's done cock-ups, and, you know, he's... He gave the green light to go, yeah, show, show my cock up every Yeah, he'll only put the stuff on there that people already are saying about him anyway. If there's any yeah. real dark stuff that is only a very speculatory at best, that stuff will not make it on there. Uh, Michelle McCall, which originally for a while, maybe it was just a character or whatnot, but I was not a fan of Michelle McCall back in the day. But the way I watched it is like, you know, you know what? She's actually just a really a good, a decent woman, great athlete. And she just wants what's best for her family and her husband. So uh, respect to Michelle. But she said her Taker and Vince are so close that if Vince needs a favour, Taker will do it. Now, I don't know if Vince is taking advantage of that or, or what, but it told me that if Vince didn't call him up, Taker might be the one to pick up the phone going... You sure, you sure you don't need me? Yeah, yeah, especially, especially given the fact of what his reaction is to matches he doesn't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't end like that. Bring him up. Can I go again? No no one likes the Roman Taker match. The fans would have said this isn't the way it should go out. No, but I, 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 look, in, in hindsight, I liked it more than the Goldberg match. Yeah, I, I, I get his end goal, even though it's not a smart decision, really. But the second episode after his hip surgery, uh, showing him train, I thought... You know, damn, this guy can still move for a guy's age, but probably because he's half robot by now. But um, I, he's, he, I think he said something about his injury at WrestleMania 30. Of only wrestling once a year means he wasn't prepared for the bumps and, and all that stuff. Your body needs to get used to it. So I genuinely think all these Saudi shows and the odd match here and there, so there's not as much ring rust. He gets used to the bumps. To the point where he goes, this is the last match. He can knock it out of the park, or at least for his standards. Yeah. Um, 
But at the same, like, like we said at the start, at the same time, it's like, of course I want to see an absolutely fantastic Undertaker match for your last match. But I'd rather see you walk away in one piece. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, it, it, it's one of them. Uh, is it my go? It is your go. Yes. Um, kind of, just a basic one, really, but straying back to the, the pay-per-view stuff, because I think I asked about theme pay-per-views last time. Um... Do you think the product would be better if uh, the only five pay-per-views uh, that were cross-branded were Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Rumble, and Mania, and all the pay-per-views in between are kind of exclusive to certain brands? Similar to what NXT does with TakeOver. Um, no, I, I think with the pay-per-views, I think they're, they're, they're fine as they are as far as a case of mixed branding all of them. Because you can't, you just you keep them separate shows, but when it comes to the pay-per-view, they all, they're all building towards one thing. They did it for a while when they originally split them back up in like 2016 or something like that, and they were mm. splitting the pay-per-views. And the only downside was is that I, it was such a long time before I was seeing certain superstars in a pay-per-view thing. It was like a two-month gap kind of thing. And I, I don't mind that, but... My opinion is is that keep it where they're all mixed, but just limit the amount of pay-per-views. Instead of having 12, 14, 15, 20 million pay-per-views a year, just have yeah. like six, seven, maybe eight, and then you can have them cross-branded. And that's fine because you've got plenty of time to spread it all out. So I would say keep, keep them cross-branded. It's just don't have as many pay-per-views. See, well, yeah, I mean... I know, unfortunately, they've kind of come under the pay-per-view column at the minute, but I'm still not including the Saudi shows as... No, they're kind of, like, not canon, are they? It's like like the Legends uh, books for Star Wars. They're not canon. Yeah, they're they're treats for everybody, but probably more Saudi Arabia. Well, the main treat it's for is for Vince and all the money he's getting in his back pocket. Yeah, (laughs) I'd say treats, but they'd be treats if they ever knocked out of the park. Which they haven't. Not not a single one I could sit there going, that was awesome. I was sitting there going, either it's meh or it's shit. Yeah, the greatest Royal Rumble, maybe. That was was mainly Titus World Slide that kind of... (laughs) Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know, I mean, last year I figured, not including the Saudi shows, uh, there was only 11 pay-per-views. I say only, but usually it's once a month. And I did figure out, like, they could easily do, like, here's the big five, and then Raw and SmackDown get two or three each on their own. I get what you're saying. It, it, it gets like, it means there's more incentive to buy the pay-per-view each time because ev- both shows are on it. Yeah. But I still always thought if, say, um, as soon as WrestleMania was done, it's like, right, SmackDown gets Backlash, uh, both of them get money in the bank, and then so on and so forth. For Raw, it gives them a two-month period to build up Storyline because we were talking about longevity. Yeah, true. To the point that when that pay per view does arrive, where Raw have got their pay per view or SmackDown or whoever, you're ready for it because there's been so much build. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it builds momentum or anticipation, but at the same time, you don't want to do it too long to the point of like, well, this story's boring now, I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, you so want to have that right amount of time. Yeah. I mean, kind of on a, a side note of present stuff, Lashley. Going against Drew at Backlash. Yeah, why? I don't give a shit. I, th- I think it's just a, another bit of cannon fodder to truck towards Drew to keep him strong. 
Because yeah. apparently so many people are behind Drew backstage, Vince included. Apparently they're massive, massive fans of him. And especially given the circumstances of what's going on in the world at the moment, apparently they're really behind how well he's been pushing this title and pushing the brand. They're, they're just going to throw people like Lashley at him to make him look better. Yeah, Drew's been doing great. Um, his character, I, I still love his character, but I, I get why he'd be happy because he's champion. But I want him to be, be more that... Scottish psychopath that he was before the championship. Mm. Um, I've just got a huge concern that they might just throw them out on Lashley for shock effect. No, they won't. No, they won't. It's not happening, mate. It's not happening. That's not happening. I'm guaranteed. I will will happily put my next paycheck on that. It's not happening. They are keeping that title on Drew for a long time. Put your beard on the line. Make it interesting. (laughs) No, you're right. I don't... (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't, ca- I don't care about wrestling that much. Yeah, thing is, it's been seven years since this happened, but we going into WrestleMania 30, we were there. Going, Streak's never going to end. Well, yeah, true, but that's yeah. different. Yeah. That is so different. I know. Lashley's got no momentum. He hasn't had no, any, any real momentum since he came back. If if they want to be smart, uh, I, I don't know how it stands with Lesnar at the minute, but have you know Drew and Lashley are big, strong guys. To the point that they have the the chance to maybe not have the greatest wrestling match all the time, but kick the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, if they are allowed yeah. to get to do so. Yeah, have a proper fight, and just when it thinks like right, this it's getting near the end here, who's going to win? Have Brock come in and ruin it. Extreme Rules, you got a um, championship triple threat, and then possibly because I know it's been on the back burner for a couple of years now. You could have that Lashley Lesnar match at SummerSlam. Yeah, because that was like one of the original reasons that Lashley came back, and yeah, it's just and it's never been, happened. Been like three years. Yeah. So maybe yeah again, but we kind of went off point here. So it's a big new plan split. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Basically, I'd I'd say what I said is I don't I don't yeah. want to split them up. I just want to have less pay per views. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, right. So yeah. second one for you. Um, everything that's been going on with Sami Zayn. Um, obviously, they had to take the Intercontinental title off him because he was unable to defend it because he's basically bl- point blank refused to work, which is fair enough because given what's going on in the world at the moment, it's not you can't keep two meters apart in wrestling. And they were told every single person was told uh, in the company that you don't have to if you feel un- unsure, you don't have to wrestle, and you will not be given any implications or any you know any backlash, any punishments which is obviously all a load of bollocks because they've taken the title off him. Um, and I know that it's a title and it has to be defended, but if it was Brock Lesnar, it would be different. Um, the question I'm asking is, because there's a lot of, apparently there might be a lot of heat behind him because he's decided not to defend and not to come and to put his health first. Um, do you think it was fair for them to take the title off him, given the circumstances? And given the fact that they said there would be no repercussions if you didn't want to wrestle, I um, I don't know. I mean, you make a good point with Brock, but I think with the current climate of the world, um, a lot of people going into Mania anyway thinking Drew's got this, regardless of if there was a crowd or not or this COVID thing. But I think. Uh, the virus itself would have had added an extra effect of like, well, Brock's not going to be here. We need the title here because we're going to struggle with shows now with no audience. We need some reason for them to tune in. And I think the Intercontinental title 
obviously it's not of the caliber WWE or Universal, and it shouldn't be, but it sh- it needs to be a, a drawing factor because they're struggling at the minute. Yeah. So I get maybe a small percent of it is a, a punishment to Sammy. On the other, on the other side, they did this to um, oh, what's his name, Jordan Devlin with the cruiserweight champion. Yeah, this was the point I was going to get to. Well, he's in the UK, so obviously he can't travel, uh, and so in a way, I kind of get it. Uh, Sammy, I'm not sure if it's a travel thing or not. No, I mean, it's no. He, apparently, he's, he he just doesn't want to wrestle because he doesn't want to risk it. Right. Okay. I don't. I really don't know if it's a punishment or not because I get. Um, again, you made a great point with the Lesnar thing, but you know Vince can on storyline or whatever throw out. Well, you know the, the thirty days thing. It's another kind of thing in Brock's contract that where that doesn't count. But I mean, even that thirty day thing with everybody else, I think that should be suspended given circumstances at the moment. Well, they, they nearly did it with Andrade, didn't they? Yeah. He literally came back like on the 30th day or something like that. So, with, I, I, a big part of it might be the loss of Becky Lynch because they're losing, they've lost Reigns, they've lost Lynch, uh, they've, you know, they've lost the, the audience. They begin to lose things, so they might have looked at a list of, well, what's the things that we can have? Mm-hmm. Um so as far as the cruiserweight and the sort of title thing goes, when there's some sense of normality, it's kind of a storyline writing itself. Of whoever's the Intercontinental Champ, Sammy goes, that's mine. And the same with Devlin. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing like I was going to get to. With the cruiserweight one, they've made it specific that it's an interim champion. So basically, once Devlin comes back, he's already owed a championship title match. But they yeah. haven't done that with Sammy. They've literally just said, he can't defend it, we're taking it off him. This is why I'm saying... Is it fair that they've done that to him? Because it feels like more of a punishment. It's not; they're not guaranteeing him a spot when he comes back. No, I, I did. I think when it first was announced, I did ask um, my brother, like, "Is it interim or what?" Is that, I don't know, but it should be. Yeah, it should be, but it isn't. They, they've just yeah. said he's unable to defend. Apparently, the rumor going forward is that they're going to play it off like he's injured. Right. Okay. Uh, unless you know, fingers crossed, it might be a storyline work. Uh, it's doubtful but you just never know Um, I don't know Sammy's always had like a weird relationship with the company as far as I'm concerned yeah uh, Kevin Owens has even said in the past look I love him he's my best mate he's my my brother but there's people he's like Marmite either you love him as a person or you just you can't get on with him and there's a lot of people that don't get on with him because he's just that kind of a character backstage yeah which is weird because again you never know Let's say do a documentary or something, you never really know the person behind the curtain. But everything I've seen from Sammy just oozes charisma. This guy's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So So do you think I, it was fair? Uh, sorry? So do you think it was fair for them to do what they did? I think under the circumstances, yes, because they need a draw for the audience at the minute. And the fact of like, oh, the Intercontinental Champion is no longer champ anymore. It's going to be a new one. It's an incentive to tune in to see who's going to take the belt. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree, but I, I would again, I would just would have done it as an interim rather than yeah, just just I, take I, I it totally, off him. I, I totally agree, and also not diving too much into it. It might be a conversation for another time. I don't know if Braun's 
rolling at all cylinders is universal at the minute. So you might need another championship on the brand just to give it a bit more pep. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I can understand their reasons for getting it back. It's just I think they should have handled it different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, is it my second one? Yes, it is yours. Yes. Um, if Eric Bischoff or whoever, Ted Turner, whatnot, wanted to revitalise WCW or Paul Heyman wanted to revitalise ECW, in this current day and age with the, the, just the millennial generation, the financial stuff and just the the opportunities and new open doors that they've got in 2020. Do you think they'd flop or succeed? Um, in all honesty, and this is probably me being brutally honest, I think they just flop. I don't, oh, I don't see it working because I think ECW and WCW are just at the perfect point in time for them to that edgier kind of time and the wars that went on and all stuff. It just worked perfectly at the right time, but they, you know they imploded. And I think they would do the same again because you've got, not only have you got WWE, which, you know, is never going anywhere. You've also got AEW now and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and all this kind of stuff. And AEW are doing really well. So you've got even more competition than you did before. And you can't be as edgy as you used to be. You can do it to a certain point, like AEW would do it, but you can't go full on with it because we're not in that kind of day and age anymore. We're in 2020. We're not in 1980, 1990s and that kind of stuff. So for me, no, I, d I think they'd have a good run for a year or two, but then I think it would just flop and fall apart. I don't see it working in this climate. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I don't get me wrong. If it happened, I'd love to see... If, if it was both WCW, WCW and ECW, I'd love to see them both flourish. And then you just yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, if it comes back, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if basically, if you take the the Eric Bischoff thing out of the equation, because he's happily retired, happily retired, or just retired or whatever, uh, AEW basically is the new WCW because it's pure wrestling and it's the direct competition to WWE at the minute. Um, and yeah, maybe don't have as big as a checkbook as WCW back in the did back in the day, but AEW got quite a good financial uh, backbone. Yeah. ECW, um, again, it might be a generation thing because obviously ECW was known for its brutality and well, just how extreme it was. And as much as I love it, and you know, I think it would be kind of popular in the underground with social media and so much like that's not appropriate blah, 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 blah. yeah like social justice warriors and all that keyboard warriors and shit and political yeah, correctness gone mad and all that shit yeah. the fans of it would absolutely love it to death to the point that it doesn't matter what time of the night it is you're tuning in but everybody else would make sure that this thing should be dead and buried yeah and the problem is social media is such a big deal these days that they will end up getting to enough traction to get it destroyed. No, it's too... Too risky. It's non-conformative yeah. in, in this day and age. Yeah. I'd love like to see Like, AEW it. are just towing that perfect line where they can be edgy, they can be a bit more swearing, a bit more blood and a bit more aggression, but they're just on the cusp of where it's perfectly acceptable. Any yeah. more than that, there's going to be issues, but they're, they're literally towing the line just as, as good as they can. Yeah, well, Moxley and Omega's match, absolutely amazing, and yet afterwards there was, like, 
the, the law was getting involved and like did it breach these kind of health and safety regiments and all this shit it's like come on it's a death match in wrestling Just they've signed be, yeah like, they've signed off on it <laughs> yeah if you sign off it's kind of like it's like a, a prenup yeah you sign it if you if you break up you don't get so and so's money they don't get yours you just leave what you you get same with wrestling you sign up to get the shit kicked out of you in a wrestling match and you go out there and get the shit kicked out of you that's it it's not no one's fault but your own if you get injured yeah, you, you've signed off with it so yeah 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 okay. your turn yep so final question for me to you um, just a nice simple one because there has been rumours and talks about it for a while now but again I think it's just it might just be hearsay I'm not, I'm not really sure but it has kind of surfaced a reasonable amount over the last few weeks probably given what's going on really to be honest it could be on the back of that but my question is do you think Vince will eventually sell WWE uh, I saw this rumour as well um if uh, the climate of things hadn't happened, if this if the virus thing hadn't happened, uh, and this rumor came out with the world as normal and the XFL actually, you know, taking stride, yeah, I probably would have said yeah. But now that his XFL baby has gone down the drain again, WWE is all he's got. Um, I mean, he's seventy. Five or something like that, um, and I think it's kind of got a similar thing with the Undertaker of like he just doesn't know when the time is to retire. Yeah, because it's his life. Um, it's going to have to be something real drastic for not only for him to step down and hand it to Triple H, and if that's going to be so, I'd say if that's going to be uh, a drastic thing for that to happen. It'd have to be even more drastic for him to sell the company, I think. Um, but I, I don't know, because, you know, for a while, it took a while for him to go public with the company. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. It depends on their financial situation at the minute. Because with what is going on in the world, they might be struggling to the point of, like, fuck it, I need to get out of here with the money with the money I've got before it just I go bankrupt with shit. Yeah. I really don't know. Without knowing their financial gain or loss with what's been going on recently, it, it, it's hard to say. Um, but I, I really don't think he will. Well, apparently they're, they're set for a profit this year, even after all the firings they've made, which kind of makes it even worse. But I've also heard something else from, about the XFL thing. Um, uh-huh. There is rumours going around, and again, these are rumours, so you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, that he saw that it was going to go bankrupt and it wasn't going to work again. Again, this is given the situation that's gone on with um, coronavirus and everything. It, um, so he realised it wasn't going to work. So he let it go bankrupt so that he could buy it back for a cheaper price once the dust settles. So he can pretty much just can it, flatten it out, and then just go, right, I'll pick it back up again with, and barely pay anything for it. Uh, Which, if he is, that that is a slimy businessman if he's done that yeah there's a part of me that wants to go that's a bit crooked yeah but it's Vince yeah but there's another side of me going you know this is a very smart businessman here I mean kudos to you 
Um, yeah, but it, to think of how evil that is. He's laid off everybody that works in that company. He's fired certain people on his other company because of it. And he's gone bankrupt and gone through all these legal disputes and everything. Time, effort and all these problems on top of everything that's going on in the world. Just to, just to save yourself some money or make yourself a little bit of extra cash. If we look at... Uh, I think we discussed this in a previous podcast. I mean, again, it was horrible what happened to all those people that were released. But the people that were released, it was like, okay, maybe bar, maybe one or two of them, and for those that didn't just ask to be released, I don't think many of them were going many places. So if you look at it as like a graph, if, if the rumour is true of he sees that XFL was just spiralling down, go right, let it go, right? Let it go. <laughs> we'll release these superstars over here and, and this, these staff members so we can save a bit of money. Let our money go back up. I get enough money to get XFL back. Hope you know he's still got his fingers crossed. XFL is going to be a success. If it is, great. Or if it's not, whatever. And if the success of that happens, the money will start building up enough to hopefully go right. We can buy him back, or we can do this and stuff. He probably won't buy or ask for these people to come back. But unfortunately, it's just a cutthroat business. Yeah, I know. It's just you need to just keep your own company afloat, not just for yourself, but for the people that do still work there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, again, I, I think I just stick with my answer. It would be a very drastic set of circumstances for Vince to go that route. I think because this hasn't just been his life for the last fifteen years. It's been his life from day one, basically. Yeah. So, so you think it's not not a chance that he's going to sell up? I don't think so, because even if he does die in the chair, I think in regardless of how black his heart is, I think it's still be in his heart to go, I'm going to yeah, give it to Triple H and Stephanie and Shane if he's part of that deal or what. Yeah. I think you'd want to keep it in the family, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Right, is it my final Yeah, one? so last question of the podcast from you to me. This is kind of an interesting one, kind of long-winded, because I was playing with uh, this scenario came in my head. I was like, ooh, not to blow smoke up my own ass, but I like that. Um, WrestleMania has always been known for like um, some superstars to have like extravagant entrances. Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he's and, he's always the one that comes to mind. Yeah, Triple H or the Undertaker. And yeah, but take, Taker's like, fine. But even Taker, it's not as lavish as Triple H. Taker's no. is the same every year: smoke, yeah. fire, walking slow with lasers. That's it. Triple H is like, how can I get it bigger? How can I make my dick bigger than it was the year before? That's he what he does. Has, he always has the most extravagant entrance and the longest match on the card. Yeah, yeah every fucking time. But, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's one of the reasons I love Mania, not just for Triple H's entrance, but the, the, the spectacle of entrances throughout the show. Uh, right, this is going to just seem weird, but you'll understand it afterwards. If um, you could design an entrance, have an entrance idea for WrestleMania for any superstar that I would love, if you, you know, obviously you might want to do it, but you, one you specifically know I would love how would you like plan that entrance? You can pick a superstar, 
Oh god, that's hard. That is. That's... Oh, that's really hard. There's going to be some dead air here now because I have to <laughs> try and think. If you want, you can think. Because uh, the reason I, I thought of this is, um, I thought of an entrance for a superstar, and I just thought not only do I love that, but I think Mason would love it. So if you want, I could go first. If you want to think some time. Yeah, you're gonna have to because I can't really think. That's hard. Right. I was. This was. Basically, I think it must have been after after one of the last ride episodes. I just thought of like whatever Taker's last match is going to happen. It's got to go out like balls of steel kind of thing. So yeah, the opponent don't really matter. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Alistair or Bray, whatever. But yeah, they come out, whatnot, and um, the Taker stuff starts as usual. Yeah, gong goes off, the lights go out. Uh, but the druids come out as well, all cloaked and hooded, holding the torches. Um, lightning, fire, the gong, the music hits, all that stuff, but no taker. And it was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, lights go out again, and there's a small video package showing taker looking at the arena, but from like a, a bridge or something nearby. As his American badass persona on his motorbike. He gets on the bike, shoots down the highway towards the arena, and uh, you might see where I'm going with this. From the stage, some uh, white kind of crucifix gravestones come out. Metallica are there, <laughs> and, they, and they start playing Now That We're Dead. That, yep. that used to WrestleMania 36. Yep, yep, I'm on board. <laughs> During the whole live performance, you see, uh, well, not the whole of it, but during the, the performance, you see a video package, basically, of Taker's, the start of Taker's career all the way through, until you get to the point where Taker roars onto the, the stage with uh, his motorcycle. At that point, the Druids take off their hoods, and they're all former opponents or people from the locker room that have just respected him so much during the years. Yeah. And they're like, we're, we're standing with you for your last match. And maybe not my first choice, but it probably make more sense. The the top two that are near him at the motorbike when they take the hoods is Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And they just give, kind of give him that respectful nod of go and kick ass and take it just blasts down the ramp on his motorbike through the torches with his peers watching him go down to the ring one last time. Dude, that uh, that that sounds awesome. Yeah, but the whole time, like, if it's Alistair or Bray, the whole time I don't want them to break character of that whole, like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, 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 definitely. If peers are there, if this is your last match, I'm here to kick your ass. Yeah, I, dude, I'd love that. That would be amazing. That's like a perfect entrance, like, for his last match, especially with the Metallica bit as well. That's. I just think... The with what happened at WrestleMania 36 and WrestleMania 33, he's kind of retired the dead man gimmick. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think it's just go with badass now. If you want to keep some kind of consistency with what's going on, I would say, yeah, the dead man's gone, keep the badass and just finish up there. Finish up the way you would want to finish. Yeah, well, with the way the Boneyard match went and such good feedback from the fans, I think the fans now would be like, oh, next year's WrestleMania when hopefully we're in attendance. I want to see the American badass now. Yeah. I want to see that motorcycle roar down the ramp. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the only one I could think of in my quick time of trying to think yeah, um, <laughs> was <laughs> um, 
Finn Balor, Demon Finn Balor, mm-hmm. when he finally makes his entrance for a title, WWE Universal, whatever it may be, um, I could think of him, you know, coming out as he usually does, full makeup and gear and doing his whole entrance as he usually does, but do it with your fireworks and your smoke and lasers and that kind of stuff. But similar to the Druids, have like demon follower type people. So they've kind of got like a, like, got the makeup on and everything, but they've got hoods up. Um, they're obviously, and they're like stripped to the waist kind of thing. So you've got your fucking six packs everywhere and whatnot. Um, and literally have them fill every little bit of space that there is down the ramp, around the ring, even have some of them crawling up and down the rafters and everything, coming down, like use some like area um, stunt people to come up and down and everything. Literally like he's a swarm of some kind of thing that just is everywhere. Every little crevice that you can find, they're just filling it. Just that, yeah. of, and even if you want to go that one bit further, every single person that's in attendance gets a free Finn Balor mask sitting on their chair so they can put it on for his entrance. Yeah, I mean, just, I don't think it costs that much for just a little bit of plastic on each seat. Um, yeah, I really like that because so I've kind of got this image if they're stripped from the waist down, they've all kind of got this Darth Maul look going on. About yeah, them. yeah, but because he's the demon king, it's almost like they're ritual or they're bowing to him as he makes it. Yeah, they're like they're similar to like those like Sith followers you saw in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. There's just so loads the of them. Yeah, they're the demons but he's the demon king. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's pretty cool. I, I genuinely thought you were going to go with like a CM Punk. No, honestly, mate, I was, that was off the top of my head. The first one I kept thinking was Bala. It's got to be something Bala based. And that's what I came up with. Not to like give ourselves praise, but if we both came up with them off the top of our heads, we should be writing for fucking WWE right now. <laughs> Imagine if it was Balor versus Taker and we got both of those together in one match. There's a WWE executive somewhere listening to this later going, oh, where's that pen and Yeah, where's the I can take this. They ain't, copy- they ain't copywriting it. We're copywriting it now. It's ours. Podcast, quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's it. Yeah. It? So, yeah, not a bad note to end on. Yeah, good three questions there. Yeah, so we'll probably be back, what, next week as well? It's, I think we're still going on for a while, aren't we? Yeah, probably next Thursday again, unless there's any change in circumstances. Yeah, so we'll, just, we'll play it by ear. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be back in a week, guys. Yeah, hope so, you enjoy. Yeah, see you soon. <laughs>